Hello, wonderful people, and welcome back to the podcast, Brew Rambles, a proper croc podcast. This episode, I'm unsure if I'm going to release, but I've decided to record anyway and tell my story and share my thoughts um, about this topic. And it was inspired by the bibliography written by Jeanette McCurdy, I'm Glad That My Mom Died. Um, And so I I guess I should preface that there is a trigger warning uh, for people for um, disordered eating, eating disorders, uh, anorexia and bulimia. I'm going to be talking about all of these subjects um, during this episode. So I just want to preface that first. And if you do have issues with these, maybe don't listen. Um, Maybe give this one a miss. And if you do and you're kind of on the road to recovery and you think this might be beneficial, then perhaps do. But remember, you can always pause it. You can stop it. You don't have to listen to things like this. Um, Yeah. And I am going to be talking about that topic in this week's episode. So I am only partway through this book. Um, I'm glad that my mom died, which was released last year by actress and writer Jeanette McCurdy, uh, who obviously played the beloved role of Sam in iCarly and Sam and Cat and was a Nickelodeon teenage star, basically. And this book is fully written from her point of view. It is it's something I've been wanting to read for a really long time, but I'm sort of a bit cheeky on my Kindle and I just I only really want to get things for free. So I was sort of waiting till I could finish it for free. Um, and also, I think that it probably came to me at the right time as well. I think maybe last year I wouldn't have been ready or wanting to be uh, reading about the topics that are discussed in this novel. And those are disordered eating and bulimia and anorexia. And I suffered from this for years, for, for about three years or just under three years. Uh, I was diagnosed with bulimia back at the end of 2019 and I also have had a history of disordered eating for several years now. But also, I am fully recovered. Like, I really am. And I've gone through therapy and I've had a supportive family in terms of my recovery. And I've also, like, never really publicly spoken about it. Because, I mean, it's not like I'm some influencer or something. I'm just this girl who has a podcast and is kind of active on her Instagram. And that's literally it. But I think... I mean, I've confined in several friends, actually, about it because it's just it was a huge part of my life in a great way and a bad way. And I guess when you say in a great when I say in a great way, you're like, what the fuck? You know, Um, how could an eating disorder be something that's good? But I I will talk about that and I will talk about um, my my uh, situation with it, my history with it and my current and what's helped me. But also, I want to say that I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty detail, because I don't think it's ever great to hear about that kind of stuff. And I think, oh, well, I don't know, I'll go into as much as I think is, is safe and is okay for people, because it is a dark, dark place. And when people are in this, uh, you know, in this disordered eating phase, or, you know, just, I guess, black hole, like, it's 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 horrible and it's scary and it's traumatizing to listen to. It's traumatizing if you have one and to hear other people and it's traumatizing if you have never experienced it and have to hear that your loved one is going through it. And also it is this big like monster that grabs a hold of people and I think when you discuss it too deeply, uh, it almost sparks something in people's minds and it almost causes people to have one. 
um, or to start thinking in the way that people who do have one. If that makes sense, I think um, I think when we're exposed to something so harshly, uh, sometimes it can spark a little a little fire and be the beginning of something that is truly awful um, that could be an eating disorder. And so I think that's that's sort of what happened to Jeanette and that happened through her relationship with her mother, which uh, hints the title, I'm Glad My Mom Died. And I haven't even finished this book. I'm just partway through and I just, I'm so encapsulated by it. I just can't put it down. I just think about it all the time. And I guess I'm thinking about lots of areas of it. Of course, I'm thinking about the sort of eating and her story about that, but also just her just story about fame as well and in the industry and how she hated it. She bloody well hated it and she never asked for any of it and she was pushed to do it by her mum and she never really lived a life for herself. And look, I don't relate to that. I have wonderful parents and things like that, but I do relate to the disordered eating and particularly the bulimia because as I said, I was diagnosed with it at the end of 2019. So I guess I should start um, by sort of telling you a wee bit of my journey with my eating disorder and how it began and yeah, I, it just safely, just safely telling you because I don't, as I said, I don't really want to glamorize it or tell it in a way that is like, and this happened to me, uh, if that makes any sense. But I will share with you my story and I will share with you how I'm feeling today and how I feel about reading something like this. It took me a while to figure out where my eating disorder actually began. And I think for a long time in high school, I had no idea what an eating disorder really was. I mean, I had read those Jacqueline Wilson books about one of the characters who did have bulimia, in fact, and how she would throw up after eating stuff and how she tried to exercise lots by swimming. And I think I was fascinated by the story, but I wasn't really... It never sparked anything in me. It never made me go, oh, I should start doing this or anything. It wasn't like that. I was just interested in the story and it was purely fine. But also, bloody hell, that was an intense novel to read. Not really a novel, but like book to read as a kid. Uh, And I was reading this book at like the age 13. Uh, But even throughout high school, I wasn't really aware. And even like I had friends who I can, I reflect on now and I wonder, you know, and I also sort of know that they were going through it. Um, but I had no idea. I was so oblivious, guys. Like, I had no idea uh, that these people who I was quite close to might have been suffering from an eating disorder, and I just didn't pick up on it. It was super strange. Um, And look, mine began at the end of 2018 in my final year of high school, but it also sort of sparked because of an anxiety. Uh, I I don't know if I'd call it anxiety disorder, but um, because of anxiety, which I also didn't believe to be real when I was a high, like teenager, I thought people would go, "I have anxiety and I need my meds." Like I, I didn't. I was very cynical. It was very weird. I don't know why I felt this way, um, but I didn't particularly believe in any of these things. And I guess it's just because I wasn't exposed to it. I wasn't aware of it. Uh, and then I even had it myself. And until then, I didn't really accept that it was something that people truly suffered from. But anyway, as I was saying, it sparked from anxiety. So I was actually head girl of my high school um, in my final year of school. And it was an extremely stressful time. Like 
I reflect back on it and it took me at first, I was like, I'm so grateful for this opportunity, for leadership roles, for, you know, this is going to look great on my resume, <laughs> like for my halls, for uni, like it's great. It's the best opportunity. I, I was so anxious about hearing if I got the role, I really wanted the role. And then I got the role and I just spiraled. I just, I can't even, but I did it all so subconsciously. I was not aware that I was in so much pain because of this pressure, this stress. And I was so ill. I actually fell extremely ill. And I think it almost started from when I got strep throat one semester. And it was the start of the semester. And I was like really sick and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I didn't, I couldn't eat the entire week because I, I had strep throat. I couldn't swallow. Uh, and then I couldn't even keep down. I kept throwing up as well, which is not really common for strep throat, you sort of can, you just have a sore throat, you don't really throw up as well. But I kept throwing up my antibiotics and I had to use liquid ones and I couldn't keep anything down. And I remember that I had my ballet competitions or some exam that weekend of that big week where I had strep and I finally felt right. But someone said to me, you know, oh, you're so lucky you were so sick because you look so like thin and whatnot in your leotard. And I just was like, what the fuck? Like, I remember thinking like, what? Why would you even say that? Like, I've had a miserable week. Like, why would you say that to someone? And I, it, it stayed with me for, for years. I thought about that. Thought, oh yeah, you're so right. Like I threw up everything. I look really great. But like, I looked really great when I was healthy as well. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was a, it was sort of the first comment about something such as being starving and throwing up lots and being ill and not eating, meaning my body looked better. That was sort of the first thing that I can sort of pinpoint as thinking like that. And before that, I'd never, never crossed my mind to think of any way like that at all. Uh, but also, I am a vomiter and I've always been a vomiter. When I was a kid, I vomited lots. Um, and I, I mean, it's sort of my family, we just sort of get sick, you know, some families break bones, my family vomits. And so I am a vomiter and I was pretty okay with vomiting, to be honest. You know how some people are afraid of it. I know my stepdad is, I was pretty chill with it. Uh, so this week sucked, but also it was just like, oh, oh well. Um, and then I begin, I began to get progressively more anxious, uh, as the year went on. And I did because I had to make decisions about my future, about what I wanted to study. And look, that's normal for everyone. But I sort of made a split decision change and sort of decided to back myself and do a bit of theatre. And then that didn't really go as to plan. So then I just decided to study theatre at Otago. And that was, a you know, I felt comfortable in this decision. But also I just never knew if it was truly the right one. And I worried for so long if I actually should have gone and auditioned for drama schools. And I worried about this for so long, like years. And I still think about it. I still wonder if I've, you know, fucked it all up and I actually should be acting at this point and doing what I love most. And, you know, I talked about that in my podcast, um, Falling Out of Love With Your Passion. But anyway, it kind of stemmed all the way back from 2018 when I decided just to study theatre and English. Uh, and I, I worried about it a lot. And also I worried about my high school relationship. I worried about... My parents are worried about money. I worried about everything. And uh, to the point where I would throw up every single morning. And I did for months. And it wasn't actually to do with eating. It wasn't to do with my image. It was purely because I would wake up and I would feel nauseous. 
and I would lie there and then I would throw up and then I would be able to start my day. And it actually became such a ritual. It was terrifying. And I almost want to cry like thinking about it now because I just, I, I remember I went to my mom and I said like, I keep throwing up every morning. What's going on? And they were like, are you pregnant? And look, I was dating a Catholic boy. I was not pregnant. Um, and then, yeah, mum said, you know, I think it must be anxiety. But then also they didn't get me any help for it. Like they just left it. Uh, and we didn't even really talk about what was causing it. And I know my mum now feels bad about that, of course. Um, you know, we've talked about it. And this is back in 2018. And it continued right up until I started university and then it just sort of stopped. Uh, and and what I hadn't realised is that, yes, I was anxious and I was throwing up all the time, but it also was keeping me really quite thin and I'd lost a lot of weight uh, in this process and I quite liked that. Like I liked how my body looked and I thought I was quite little and petite and you know, I, I, I thought I looked good and I in some ways I was good and I was healthier because I wasn't, I didn't, well, I don't know, actually, I don't know if I was healthier. That's bullshit. Who cares? I was throwing up every morning. It was terrible for me. But I did stop when I went to university and, you know, there's the fresher five and I was eating in the hall and look, I was vegetarian, but I, it's mostly carbs and those whole university food um, that they serve you. And it was yeah, I began to spiral. And I don't know when it happened. I don't know exactly the date that it started to get really bad. But I know that I had a particularly, um, well, not toxic friend group, but like wonderful friend group. But we all had like our own struggles. And it began to get a bit dark is probably the best way to put it. And I started to realize that I'd put on lots of weight. And I was eating quite a lot of chocolate as well. Uh, and I started to, I remember I posted on my private Instagram and I said, you know, how do I stop eating? Like, I just keep eating so much. And some people gave me all these tips, like, you know, drink lots of water, have lots of cups of tea and stuff like that. And I began to actually fall into a bit of an insomniac because I would be so stressed about how much I'd eaten in the day. And I thought, I haven't exercised enough. I need to exercise at night. So I would be doing all these nightly exercises I'd be filling up my water bottles I just remember walking around my hall hallways and just like thinking about food and water and exercise and yeah and then I began to realize oh I could just throw it all up like I'm pretty good at that and so yeah I did begin to do that um and I had so many unglamorous moments in my first year university in my hall and all over my my that town I just threw up everywhere everywhere like it's it's revolting and I I made a TikTok when I was like 20 about like all the places I'd thrown up and it was funny but it was also like fuck girl like you were so ill and it's not a flex to have thrown up in a movie theater you know like what the heck um and I said I was gluten-free I I you know I did all these things to try and cut down my diet and everything and I you know it's just the classic story I guess um and it's it's a classic story it's a lot of similarities these eating disorders have between people and the experience is similar but it's your own personal battle I think at the end of the day too like this was horrible I can't believe that I went through that in 2019 and it got so bad to the point that I burned a hole 
in my esophagus because of how much I vomited and I had to go see someone and then I started actually going to therapy and my wonderful best friend um, came with me for one of my first sessions, kind of held my hand while I heard what had happened to my throat and was really supportive for me during that time. Um, and yeah, it was it was like my big dark secret and it just, it took away my time for study. It took away my time for shows and it consumed everything in me. And I hated how I look and my skin was so gray and I just looked so bad. And my hair, I kind of lost a bit of hair. I just looked awful. And I look at these photos now and like, I think, wow, you know, my body, girl, like I don't, I'm, I'm skinny, I'm small, you know, like I don't know why I thought I was huge for one. But also, I don't look well. And so I can't look back on these theaters and go, oh, you were fine. You are a fine weight. Like, that doesn't matter. But you look terrible because you look ill. And I know you were miserable. Like, that's how I look back on these photos. And to be honest, I don't really. I deleted most of the photos from that year because I just couldn't really face it. Um, and then the 2019 summer, I worked three jobs um, because I was really stressed uh, and I was anxious about, you know, um, my work ethic and that's sort of my own personal thing. I, I wanted to make a lot of money and live comfortably in the uni year. And so I did, I did that. Um, but yeah, I went home to Invercargill and that was the last summer I've ever spent there because it was truly awful, to be honest, because I just worked, I saw the sun probably two days. I was really pale. I was really ill and I, was trying to figure out how to still have my bulimia and be at home. Like I just couldn't, I I don't know, it wasn't working. And look, I did start to see a therapist towards the end of the year in Dunedin, um, a wonderful therapist actually, but I, I don't really remember how that went. I think I got kicked out of the program that time. I'm not sure. So while I was at home uh, at the end of that year, I also did eventually tell my mum. It took me a while. I think I'd broken up with whatever boy I was with at the time. <laughs> Sounds like I'm a serial dater, but I'm not. Literally three or four relationships in my life. Um, yeah, and I was sitting on the steps crying, and I didn't really care that much about the relationship, but I just sort of confessed to mum. I was like, mum, you know, I have this problem. Um, and then it was interesting to me because... It really was a problem, and I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I just decided that I was going to tell her then, uh, but I did, and I'm really grateful that I did. Um, and she was really taken aback um, and really very supportive and very good. I think kind of upset with herself and a bit worried about, you know, where did this come from? And I think she does trace it back to when I, you know, um, earlier that year or the year before, I said, you know, I keep throwing up. And she said, you know, it's anxiety. And I think she thinks about that a lot. And, you know, it was a difficult thing. But we actually went together to see a therapist a few times. And we ended up bonding over how weird the therapist was. But we went together. And so I had a bit of therapy. But it was more about, it was less about the eating. And I don't really know. It wasn't that beneficial for me. It was more about me and mum's relationship at the time. Um, yeah. And so then I returned to Dunedin in 2020. And I was now flatting as well, which meant I was even more in control about what I could eat, which I loved, you know, it's all about control, right? And I, yeah, I lived uh, with with three friends and I 
think it just got really worse. <laughs> like it really did. And I was going and seeing a therapist. Um, but yeah, I just, I think also because I went back to drinking, I was a bit like, oh, how do I do this and drink as well at the same time? And how do I cope with the calories, I guess, in some ways um, of the alcohol? And I just wouldn't eat anything, obviously. And then I would drink and then I would throw up and then I'd be hungover. And then I would probably eat a lot the next day, like McDonald's, because that's what my body craved. And I would just feel awful, like truly awful about it. And this is like a common thing, I think, for people, uh, this sort of cycle, especially for people who are bulimic as well. Um, but I think 2020 obviously was a shit year for everyone. But I think the pandemic really just was the like savior and also the like ruiner of my my disordered eating because I went home again when everyone went home right when the first lockdown happened and just was that was probably the worst period of my life I think for some people they loved it right because they were inside they could study and everything but for me I was trapped in these in this house where I felt not very comfortable um and I had other issues going on as well. I had some family struggles going on too. And so I had to sort of figure out how I was going to rotate, how I was going to cope. And how I coped with my family issues is that I just didn't eat. And then I would throw up. And I was kind of being caught by my family as well. And it was just, it was just, I just think about that time. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay thinking about it now. But I think for a bit, I just wanted to black it out of my memory. And eventually, I actually had to leave. And I drove myself mid-pandemic, uh, mid-lockdown, back up to Dunedin. And I lived by myself for a couple weeks. And I mean, I know I said I wouldn't really tell the harsh stuff about it. But I didn't eat for a full week. I didn't have anything to eat that first week that I got back. And I remember I called my therapist. And I was like, hey, you know... I actually think that I'm really, like, I know there's something wrong, basically. Um, yeah, and that's probably, like, the worst I've ever felt in my whole life. Like, you know, actually, that's not true because last year was pretty shit, too. But that was, I was, I just felt so alone in it. And I was alone. I was completely alone in the lockdown by myself, unable to feed myself, trying to exercise like crazy. And not able to do it because I had no energy. And I just didn't even know what I was doing it for at this point. You know, it wasn't even really about the body. And look, I didn't even, I wasn't even that tiny or anything. I was a very normal size, but doesn't the size doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, it's just wild to me that that moment, that phone call, uh, it was sort of the turnaround. It was when I admitted something is not okay here. Um, and I don't really want to live like this anymore. I really don't want to live like this at all. Um, and that was back in May 2020. And I don't think I would say that I was fully healed until perhaps maybe even February 2021. So it was a long journey after that um, to recover as well. And I started the program and this time I stuck with it. I think I'd been kicked out twice, um, but this time I really stuck with it and it was super difficult. I also had to have counseling on the side to deal with the family stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I, therapy just to focus solely on 
my bulimia and my eating. And I did do it, guys. You know, I did. I got there in the end. And something that really helped me was discovering hobbies, you know, and I talked about this. Uh, I talked about this in my uh, my podcast about passion again, saying, you know, I have climbing and things like that. And I think I really turned to skiing and eventually climbing as well. And look, I know they were ways to exercise, but they were outdoors and they were also just so euphoric and they made me feel so good. And I was moving my body in a positive way. And I knew I needed food and to to energize myself to be able to do these activities. So that sort of helped. I think it was just first skiing in 2020. That's when like I really fell back in love with skiing and I took myself on this solo trip um, and it was amazing. And I have this particular playlist which I play and think about it. And that playlist, um, yeah, that just takes me straight back to that feeling. And I think that's when I knew I was starting to kind of come right um, and sort of come right with my thinking and prioritize myself and just sort of love myself again and and be happy. And I was sort of slowly climbing out of the dark hole that was my eating disorder. And I was vomiting way less. You know, I really was taking care of myself. I was eating a bit more um, and I was sort of on the road to recovery. And then I think summer of 2020 to 2021, there was a big decision of where I went for that summer because I knew that I didn't want to go home and I needed it. I needed some somewhere safe to be. And um, I had lots of wonderful friends that supported me this summer. And some didn't even really know what I was going through. But in particular, one of my closest friends, Rachel, sort of took me under her wing. And I went to fruit pick in uh, Roxburgh. And I lived with her. And it was, yeah, I think, honestly, I could safely say that I started to come right that point. Uh, and I was eating okay. I wasn't throwing up that much. And I was, yeah, I think I stopped therapy around that time too. I think 2021, I entered it and I wasn't seeing anyone. And I sort of came right. Um, and look, I I do relapse every now and then um, at high points of stress. I talk about June last year being truly awful and I'm going to release a podcast about it. I will. It's just taking me time. Um, and I, yeah, I... I stopped eating a bit during that time, um, to be honest, and I got really thin and it was not good. And it was interesting because I look at myself and I don't feel accomplished. I don't feel like I've done anything right. I feel like ashamed that I let myself go back to that place. I don't feel good about it. Um, and I have to, you know, Jeanette, going back to the book that inspired this all, she says, you know, acknowledge when it's a slip, don't let it become a slide sort of thing. And I think that was a slip and I didn't let it become a slide. I actually was really, I went to this yoga retreat because I knew that it was three meals a day and I knew that I'd have to eat that, right? You know, and show up to them and and, and, and nourish my body. Um, and I, I booked that, being aware of that uh, because I wanted to make sure that I was um, eating and doing it right and I didn't want to go back into that dark place uh, after June. So I, I am I am learning and I am taking care of myself um, however I can. And I think working in hospitality is always ish, an issue because you're on your feet all the time and you're in a bit of flight or fight mode. But um, taking those moments to sit down and enjoy your food is super important. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a long journey. 
a really long journey and I'm still, I think what's scary is that this demon doesn't really go away. It's sort of, it hangs in the back. It's sort of lurking in the dark every now and then. Something will happen or you will think, oh, I shouldn't have this or, you know, whatever, however it is. And um, it's just so hard to be a woman as well. Um, but my biggest thing is that I do talk about it with people. You know, if I'm aware that someone else has it around me in my life, I want to talk about that conversation because I think when it becomes something that we don't discuss, that's when it becomes even more of an issue. And I think we always talk about how the media glamorizes it, but look, who cares about that? The conversation that needs to be had is just, are you okay and can I help and can we talk about this, really, you know? That's not it. Doesn't I, I don't want to be complimenting someone on being thin or looking good and stuff like that. It's Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's It's so hard as well. It's so hard to talk to your friends about it. It's so hard to you know, discuss with someone who you're worried about too. And look, I've had my own battles with other friends as well, having it. And um, that was a really, really, truly difficult chapter. But what makes me feel good now is knowing that me and my friends, um, the majority of them, we're we're all fairly recovered or um, doing well and, and loving life. I think I, I try, I think about sitting in that, my flat, phoning my therapist and realizing how much I just hated my life and I I knew that I just didn't want to be like this for the rest of my life counting my calories or running to the bathroom or figuring out when the perfect time was to to go and throw up you know and I just went oh I just don't want to be that girl I don't want to be that girl anymore and having that thought was just like the thing that literally was a bit of a savior and started started the healing and I talk with people um about it now and and think and, you know, a lot of people say they just don't realize they've had it. But, like, most females, and some guys too, for sure, have probably had or suffered from disordered eating for a short period of their life from the age of 14 all the way to, you know, 24, I think. Teen years is a decade where you are just so vulnerable to it and it is so likely to happen. Um, and those who it happens to, I'm so sorry, you know, and I hope you're okay and you're doing okay. And I hope you got help when you needed it. And I hope that you, you know, told your parents or told your best friend. And yeah, that you're doing okay now. And if you are listening and you're not okay, I hope that this is your sign to go and share with someone, um, you know, and admit to yourself. Or even just look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, you know, things are not okay. This situation is not the way that I want to live anymore. Okay deep breath, what are we going to do next, you know, and yeah, love yourself, love your body, stand in the mirror naked and look at yourself and go, yeah, you know, I heard Megan Trainer does that, I can't remember, sort of on TikTok and she would look at herself, you know, for at least like five minutes every night in the mirror naked and just sort of say nice things about herself until she's really did start to believe it and I, I want to do that, I don't have a mirror though and that's the other thing too, um, like, don't own scales. Why the fuck are you weighing yourself? I remember, like, crying about it. Like, I'm, I don't want to do it. I don't want to know. I don't care. And people, if I need to know my weight, when do you need to know your weight, right? Why do you need to know it? What in your life do you need to know it for? Like, that's what I've realized now. It's really not that important. 
It's how you feel, how you can move, your energy. Are you able to do a star jump? Are you able to, you know, walk up the stairs and do you feel good when you do those things? That's what matters, not the weight. I, I threw out my scale so many times and bought another one so many times. I had a friend hide it for me. You know, it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. I don't see the point in owning one. I haven't weighed myself since 2021, I think. Which isn't that long, I guess. It's but it's a couple of years, and I just I don't want to know. And I know when people, if people ever ask me, I just make up a number. I don't really care. I sort of gauge of what I might be, and you know, I'm a pretty muscly woman too from being a climber. So like, muscle weighs, and I'm proud of that muscle because I'm really good at climbing. You know, like that's that's okay that that weighs something. I'm glad that I have it there, so I have the ability to t- do the tasks I want. You know, and. Yeah, I just don't I just don't think about it in that way anymore. I don't let it define me anymore. And I really hope that if you're listening, you don't either. And you never do because it's it's not pleasant. It's not important. There's so many other things that are more important in the world, isn't there? So that's my experience um with my bulimia, with my anxiety, and with my sort of dark time. Um and I say dark time, but I had many great times other side, you know, where I was really enjoying myself too, um, aside from my eating. Um, and now I'm enjoying my eating and I enjoy food. And I think particularly for my travel, right? Um, food is such a huge part of that. God, I couldn't even imagine going to all the countries I've been to and not being comfortable or feeling excited about eating each day. And, you know, I'm really grateful that I was fully healed before I went and did that. And it was hard because I did travel with someone who wasn't great and I could tell. Um, and I really had to like summon courage within myself to be like, no, fuck that. Like you're going to have three Dairy Queen ice creams today. And that's that, you know, like do whatever you want. And it's tricky because, yeah, it's a tricky situation. But, you know, do whatever you want and what feels right for you and your body and don't ever guilt yourself for anything. I said at the start of the episode how my disorder, my eating disorder was sort of the best and worst thing or like saviour and, you know, and I think it's just because it's given me such a worldly perspective and I feel a lot more compassionate for others who are going through that experience compared to how I was when I was a teenager and I was really oblivious. And I do feel regretful towards those friends that I didn't help, um, that I now know were suffering, you know, and I do feel... You know, I just think it's it's nice that I'm aware and it's nice that I can be a better role model for my younger sister and my little brother and, yeah, those in my life who I want to discuss this with healthily, you know, and from a perspective of just knowing what it's like to be bad but also knowing what it's like to be good again. You know, that's the thing as well is that I am much better and it sucks that I went through that, of course, and I... I don't think I would take it back, though. I think that I'm glad I did because I wouldn't have loved my body the way I do now if I didn't have all those bad experiences and if I didn't have to fix that thinking. um, I wouldn't be here with such a strong mentality now. And that's why I think it is something good has come of it. But I also do think it is a truly horrible experience to have to go through. And if you have to go through it for many years it is extremely draining and very hard to um, unwind and 
fix the thinking. But getting help, I'm so grateful I had my uh, my university therapy. It wasn't too, too, too expensive for me to go to those. Um, I did spend a bit of money on it, though. And I just hope that other people have that opportunity to uh, get the same help. But also, um, yeah, just don't expose yourself to things that are going to make you feel worse. And yeah, the book is fantastic that I'm reading. And if you are feeling in a good headspace, I'd recommend reading it as well. Um, because it is a really great story and it's a really beautiful process as well that she goes through and it's a journey of self-love as well which I really like and I also listen to Lucy Hale's current podcast I can't remember who the podcast is with she's just a guest on it and she talked about her disordered eating as well so I feel like everything's sort of aligned for me to want to talk about it now um yeah this episode I might not advertise on my Instagram I'm just gonna plop it out there and if you find it and you've listened all the way through to now Thank you so much for listening and feel free to message me about it if you'd like to, if you have questions. Um, but don't tell me that you're so sorry I went through this, okay? Because I don't need that. I'm okay. I'm truly great. And I'm in a position where I can talk about it, not because I want people to feel bad for me at all, but because I want to share um, how I'm doing in a positive way and just let you know that that, that happened, I guess, to me in those years. But now I'm truly happy and good and can eat and can live and it's fantastic. So yeah, if you're going to message me, please don't say, I'm so sorry you went through that because I don't need that. I'm all good, okay? Um, and yeah, if you are struggling, please, please tell someone close to you and please start that journey of self-love, help and understanding that things will get better. And thanks for listening. Uh, lots of love. Uh, thanks. <laughs>